0: So in the long life of those of us with this ADHD, dare I say it's a superpower, in our superpower ADHD-ness, there is a kryptonite. And that kryptonite is shame. Oh, God, let's talk about it. Listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD symptoms. Why? I'm your host, creator of the Nudge Program, author of Descending to the Top. My name, Russ Jones. Nice to meet you. Guys, we are going to learn about some stuff, we're going to laugh about some stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, here is some stuff. Okay, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) You know why I'm laughing right now? It's because I literally just finished uh, recording the entire podcast episode and it wasn't recording. So I was like, oh my God. And my son was like, Dad, you need to take a break. You should just take a break. It's good for your health. I'm like, yeah, you're right. So thank you, Googie. Uh, I'm back from my break, and uh, I guess let's try to do this again. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. How you doing? This is the one about shame. It's another feel-good episode, so let's go. Let's get raw with it again. Shame's the name of the game today, so let's talk about it. Now, I'm well aware that shame is not some exclusive to ADHD situation. You don't have to remind me of that if you're a normie. Now, I get it. I get it. I know. I, I got it. But I'm willing to bet that if shame was like an Olympic sport, then Team ADHD would uh, would crush. We would be on the podium every single time. When we do feel shame, like look at all the ways that we could feel shame. Like we think that we should be able to do a thing, but we can't. Or let's even go, we could go even farther with that. We go, I, uh, we think that we should be able to do a, like a grade school level thing, but we can't. We feel like we should be farther in life, but we're not. And we feel like we should look a certain way, but we don't. We feel like our lives are in chaotic disarray, but everybody else has their shit together. So we suck. We're losers. And we feel like we should be better parents. We feel like we should be better lovers. We feel like we should be better spouses. And then there's all these fun, uh, shame-inspiring thoughts like, well, what if they're right? What if I don't have ADHD and I'm just lazy? what if or if i can't do things perfectly then i suck as a human being and or everybody everyone thinks i'm too energetic and wishes i would chill out why can't i just keep my mouth shut the more i overshare the less people like me and then just thinking about how other people probably perceive us and have actually perceived us in the past you know like all the teachers we've let down all the times that we've let down our parents uh, we've let down our spouses and the sh- it's just shame shame feelings of shame it's too so much the way I used to typically respond to these feelings of shame would be one of two ways. I would either uh, retreat completely, withdraw, you know, like I'm nothing but a big letdown. Blah. I'll just hide away until I can muster up some level of self-worth. Or I'd go like the total opposite. I'd just lash out in anger and because I don't want to feel like shit. So how dare you make me feel that way? It would be like a total defensiveness. Now, I hope you guys don't mind, but... the. the I, the way, God, you know, the way that I'm, I want to do this podcast, I really want to stay away from being like a, uh, like a, like a blog, you know, where, Oh, here's 10 tips on how to beat your shame. Here's 10 scientific facts about shame, that kind of stuff. Uh, it, you know, it just doesn't resonate with me. And I know I, sometimes it's obligatory to, to talk about science and dopamine and, uh, things like that, but it just doesn't resonate with me. Even if I did give you guys 10 tips on shame, think about every time you've ever read a blog post or listened to a podcast. Did you ever really implement all those tips? If you're like me, you didn't. If you're like me, you listened to it. And then while you were listening to it, you were like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. That's a good idea. That one's a dumb idea. I'm not going to do that. I do believe in that. Oh my God, this is inspiring. I'm going to try some of this stuff. And then I go about my day, and then at the end of the day, I've forgotten completely. I don't even think, oh, but you were going to work on that stuff because I don't even remember. So I'm like, I don't want to be that kind of a podcast. I want to give you guys one thing, one thought, one approach, and see where that lands. So if you'll indulge me. I'll share some stuff that doesn't work for me and that doesn't make that stuff bad. It just means it doesn't, it didn't work for me. And then you can, uh, I'll give you the thing that I do and you can try that. You can try it out immediately and see how it works for you. So I'll tell you one thing that does not work for me. It's when I feel shame, when I feel disgusted by myself, um, you know, people will use this term, like we got to hold space for ourselves, hold space for our emotions. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know what that means i i've i've tried cognitively i get it okay so it, i i i guess i do understand it means to accept where we're at accept our emotion uh, but all i visualize is some dude holding a big black cauldron and going this is full of empty space this is the space where i put my shame i'm holding a giant space for it it just it doesn't it doesn't gel with me the closest thing that i would relate to this would be the idea of being cool with myself and I mentioned this before, but truly, if you're anything like me, I, and I don't really feel bad saying this because I'm, I'm just sort of past it, but I don't love myself. It's a, uh, there's actually really a great freedom in that. You know, I'm working on it. You know, I would love to love myself. I'm just not quite there yet. You know, I'm not quite ready to propose. I'm finding things about myself that I truly enjoy say that I love myself. It's hard to love someone that endlessly talks shit to me. You know, it feels more, that feels more like a toxic relationship. Uh, like it feels one-sided. Like I'm doing all this compassion work. <laughs> I'm trying to be accepting and my brain is kind of being a dick about it. So, you know, not yet. You know, it's not just ADHD. It's the comorbid depression, the rejection-sensitive dysphoria, all the brain garbage. And I don't love how my brain works. And if you're like me, then, you know, you probably don't really connect to the whole dopamine thing. I mean, it's, I, I get it. It's, you know, we need the dopamine. That's what helps us to motivate our executive function issues. And we have low levels of it. We need help there. But what am what am I truly supposed to do about that? I've never actually physically felt dopamine like being created, being splattered within my brain and and moving throughout my body and compelling me things. And I couldn't attach that to me. Oh, look, I have dopamine. It doesn't it doesn't resonate like that. And you could say, oh, you got to eat more dopamine rich foods like bananas and eggs. And uh, I have never. Ever and I I do eat bananas and eggs. I've never eaten a banana and then also eggs and thought to myself, I'm motivated. I can feel extra dopamine in my body. Just doesn't happen. Or you might tell me like, Hey Russ, well yeah yeah you know yeah, you go on a walk every morning when you first wake up and then you meditate. You know you're making dopamine, right? Like I maybe I don't know. Am I? I mean I'm not happy after every walk. I'm not motivated after every meditation, so I don't really connect to it. Even if it's true and it's happening, I can't will it to happen. And we are typically led by Insta results. Like, we need to experience it now. I eat a banana, I'm motivated. That's how the dopamine banana thing should work. Yes, and I know this episode is about shame, so let's uh, circle back. We remind ourselves that we're letting ourselves down, or we're told by others that we're letting them down, and it feels no good. It's shaming, it feels shame what has helped me with those crappy thoughts has been to recognize that they're just thoughts, right? Our brains are stupid jerkwads. Honestly, I don't know how else to sugarcoat this. Our brains, it, it, it like it loves comparing us to the people who we believe have their shit together. And then it reminds us that we're garbage. I mean, what kind of a friend is that? I would literally stop hanging out with you if you were that friend to me. Like, hey, Russ, you, you, you realize Marjorie keeps her house clean, and yet you do not. You're a lazy piece of trash. You're hopeless. You should never invite anyone over because they'll probably agree and that you're just dumb and dumpy. I'd be like, wow, man, that's really mean. That's not helpful. You're not fun to be around. And that's actually, that's our brain. And it's, that's our inescapable brain and it can suck. My recognition in this is that I allowed myself to feel shame because I would buy into my brain. I would, rec- I would think things like, I'm a sloppy person. I'm a horrible boyfriend. I'm a shitty dad because my brain would point to things to prove it. And then I would believe that those things were me. But I'll tell you guys, if you can practice the art of recognizing when you're talking shit to yourself and separate the thought, from your identity and your you you uh, you know your worth as a human, um, for example, um, and here's the uh, the one for me recently, and this is uh, well, the one I now have to share again because I just forgot to record the podcast. So I'm single, and initially I had this uh, these thoughts of, well, I'm broken, I'm no good, nobody will love me, and I f- would feel the shame because people obviously think I'm a loser, I'm not living up to my potential, I'm a letdown. And then my brain would supply the data. I mean, I've got the data points. Like, yeah, remember? Divorce. Okay, yeah. Then failed relationship after that. That was bad. And then uh, another relationship went down. And that happened again and it happened again. So there's all this these data points. And five years ago, if that were to happen to me, I would slide right into such a pit of self-loathing. I'd feel awful and things would suck. The trick that I found is to do my best to eliminate self-judgment and remove me from the thought. Honestly, anything that the brain says that comes in the form of a judgment is 100% bullshit every time, every single time, even the good stuff. It's all brain bullshit. So if we listen to the good stuff, then we give validity to the brain and then we have to listen to the bad stuff. But if you can passively separate yourself from your thoughts, that's a total game changer. The hack on this really is to to not try to never feel shame. It's going to happen. We're going to let ourselves down. We're going to let other people down. We're going to be late. We're going to forget to do something important. That's Human. That's a human thing. The, these things are going to happen to anyone. They happen all the, to all the people. But we do a huge leap when we separate ourselves from the thoughts and the feelings. Like if you can name it while it's happening, it creates this buffer between you and the emotion. Right. It's, so if my brain says, I'm single and I'm such a loser for being single, and if I can catch myself, then I can say, oh, I'm having the loser thought. There's a massive distance between I am and I'm having the thought. We're not our thoughts. We Our thoughts are these rogue waves, these tsunamis, these epic scenarios of catastrophes. They're not us. Often in the past, I would feel shame and I would think that I had to fix it or I had to solve it or I had to convince myself that what I was thinking wasn't true. I just have to convince myself. And, but just try to win an argument with your brain. It's never going to happen. Your brain has all the data. It can, it is the greatest lawyer of all time. I believe that it's only when we accept that the thought happened, you know, and we stay removed from it. It's just a thought. It came. Here it is. There it goes. Good day, sir. Good day. When we do that, we're closer to feeling less shame if we even feel shame at all. So the next time you have a shame thought, the next time you find your brain beating yourself up or trying to convince you what a big loser you are, see if you can separate from the thought and just label it what it is. I just had that loser thought. And you can even try this now by drumming up some negative thought. I can only imagine you probably have a couple floating around in that old mental filing cabinet. Bring it out. Have the thought over and over again. And then just try calling it what it is. There's that Dirty house thought or there's the I'm a bad friend thought or there's the my house is a mess thought without engaging the thought Just get back to whatever it was you're doing. I hope this is helpful This has certainly done a lot for me in terms of being more mindful of the separation of my brain and myself It's helped a lot with me moving past shame um, And seeing my thoughts for what they are and that's maybe due to my meditation practice It might be due to my uh, affinity towards mindfulness Who knows? You never know. You never, never know. So anyways, I hope that helps. And if you guys have any questions about any of this stuff, you guys can always reach out to me. I'm here for you. If I can help, I will. Head over to Instagram. Connect me with me over there. DM me over there. It's uh, ADHD brother, ADHD brother. That's not right. ADHDbigbrother.podcast. And uh, I'll see you over there. And in the meantime, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Later.